right? So um, America's most prolific serial killer. Uh, you might think of Ted Bundy, uh, John Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer, the Zodiac Killer, the Son of Sam, the Boston Strangler. None of these names come close to America's most prolific serial killer. You might have never even heard his name. While the prior list of names includes killers with murders in the double digits, none of them come close to the infamous name of Kermit Gosnell. Kermit Gosnell was found guilty of murder on May 13th, 2013, and you might have even never heard of him. He killed mothers, born babies, and unborn babies. He was found guilty on three counts of first-degree murder, one count of involuntary manslaughter, and hundreds of other crimes. He's in prison now for life without parole. He self-reported more than 40,000 abortions through 2009, profiting an estimation of $10,000 to $15,000 per day for his murders. The fact that many of us and most of our society have never heard of this serial killer is a testament to our times. We live in times where a single man can kill tens of thousands, a state over in Philadelphia, PA, and his actions are defended, celebrated, and in many ways legalized. Times where many more like him walk our streets and slaughter thousands during a career and society, society doesn't blink an eye. So what is God's word to us this morning? Here it is. This is the word of God from Proverbs 24, verses 11 and 12. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, behold, we did not know this. Does not he who weigh, weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And, he will not, and will he not repay man according to his work? 49 years ago, next Saturday, will mark the, will mark the date our country covenanted to allow women and their doctors to kill unborn children. According to the National Right to Life Committee, an, over, an estimation of over 62 million unborn little babies have been ripped apart, torn up, poisoned, tortured, and viciously murdered in America alone. 62 million. That's over 1.2 million per year, 105,000 per month, and 3,500 per day. You know, under uh, about 3,000 people died 9-11 in our nation born, and yet we kill more babies every day than 9-11, and we say, shout your abortion, make a cake. I had an abortion. We laugh, we celebrate it. It's nothing more than a medical procedure. It's just a, it's just a clump of cells. The time of safe, legal, and rare is over. According to the WHO, every year in the world, there are an estimated 40 to 50 million abortions. This is about 125,000 abortions per day, and these are just reported numbers. For America, this coming Saturday, almost five decades ago, will continue to be the most miserable and heinous anniversary our country has ever had. We live in a culture of death, and by the end of this message, 145 babies will be sacrificed on America's altar of abomination. I look around and I see some of the babies, and it is heartbreaking, thinking they 
had their chance of life taken from them. And I want to apologize in advance, as this is an extremely emotional topic, and I'm going to do my best to compose myself, but around this one topic, it's very difficult. I also want to be upfront with two things. First, some parents who have children here may not want to expose their children to some of the content. I'll give you a warning during that section of the sermon where you might want to take them out or even cover their ears for a couple minutes. The details are gruesome, unfortunately. Second, this message will be hard to hear for anyone with a conscience, especially for those who, God forbid, have had abortions. And I want to be clear here that I am not here to condemn you or make you feel bad. I'm not here to sensationalize this godless practice. And I want to start where I planned on ending. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer in Christ and you've had an abortion, you are forgiven. You're forgiven in Christ. He suffered for your sins. Your sins deserve eternal destructions, but so do mine. And in Jesus our Lord, we are both together forgiven, pure and clean, washed and sanctified. No one can condemn you. Don't let your heart condemn you. No one can lay a charge against you because Jesus drank the cup of God's wrath on your behalf. And if you've received him by grace through faith, your sins have been cast as far as the east is from the west to the depths of the sea. And you bear them no more. And I, I feel compelled to tell you this up front because what you will hear will pain you. It will hurt you. But you can take your pain to Jesus because he is your everlasting advocate. He has redeemed you from all your sins. Last year, I started protesting at the abortion clinic in Cuyahoga Falls. I'd never done that before. I talked about it for years. I wanted to do it, but I never did. I thought, I'm ill-equipped. Who am I? I don't know anything effective to, to be effective. But I went regardless, and I surprised myself. Uh, on the 40-minute drive there, I wept the majority of the time, and same thing with on the way back. I began to weep at the thought that there were thousands of babies being slaughtered. I was broken. I didn't know what to expect my first time there, but I prepared myself. I had no signs. I had no tracks. I had nothing. I just came. And I ran into a group of Catholics who were protesting. And one of the women was kind enough to give me this adoption, not abortion sign. And it was raining that day, so it got wet. And I, and I keep this, and I still bring it sometimes. Since then, we've beefed up, and we work with End Abortion Now, and we, we bring those signs. And I, it, I, I held it up, and I, in, in ignorance, the little I knew, I urgently called to the men and women who walked in, Mom, please don't kill your baby. I will take your baby. I'll adopt your baby. I'll pay all your medical expenses and get you whatever you want. Dad, save your child. Be a man. That's your little baby. Please don't kill your precious little baby. The mothers and fathers heard our voices. You could see the guilt and conviction on most of their faces. You could see shame and guilt, but also a cold-heartedness and resolution to go through with the murder. The volunteers did their best to block us out with rainbow umbrellas, kazoos, whistles, loud cursing, and music. 
I passionately reasoned with some of the volunteers. Some of them admitted that they were killing a true baby, and it was okay because it was the mother's choice. There was a tangible demonic presence in the air. You could feel it. They were demonic activity right in front of you. Good versus evil. Life versus death. I was surprised at the mixed responses from those driving by. Some gave you a thumbs up, honked their horns and waved, and others cursed at you with unimaginable words and gave you the middle finger. As I talked to uh, some of the volunteers, I noticed that the cold-heartedness was so great that on occasions I preached to them the grace of God. And at the same time, I preached judgment, and I preached redemption at the same time. I proclaimed the wrath of the Lamb would fall on them, and I pleaded with them to repent and to run to the Lamb while they could. Each time I went, I wept the majority of the 40 minutes there and back. I couldn't process the horror of killing an innocent, helpless, harmless baby. This reality pierced my soul. Often when I talk about abortion or think about it, it brings me to tears and it hurts my heart. When I was a teenager, we saw videos about the methods of abortion and it convicted me. And this was before I was a believer. Abortions are vicious. They use different methods. And this is the section where if you are a parent and you have a child in here, Feel free right now. There's no judgment. You can cover their ears, take them out into the hallway for a couple minutes, two, three minutes. The first is suction aspiration. This is, this is most often used in the first trimester. They insert a suction tube with a sharp end. The cutting edge dismembers the baby while the hose sucks the body into a bottle. Dilation and courage. The pre-birth assassin uses a loop-shaped knife to cut the baby into pieces and scrape the uterine wall. Dilation and extraction, where the abortionist grabs the baby's feet with forceps and pulls the baby out of the mother, stopping at the head. The baby murderer then jams a pair of scissors into the back of the baby's head and spreads the scissors apart to make a hole in the baby's skull. They then remove the scissors and stick a suction tube into the baby's skull to suck the baby's brains out. The forceps then crush the baby's head and the murderer pulls the baby out the rest of the way. Dilation and evacuation. This form of abortion is used to kill babies in the second trimester. The abortionists use forceps to grab parts of the baby, arms and legs, and then tear the baby apart. The baby's head must be crushed in order to remove it because the skull bone has hardened by this stage in the baby's growth. Hysterotomy, performed in the third trimester. This is basically an abortive cesarean section. The abortionist makes an incision in the mother's abdomen and removes the baby. The baby is then either placed to the side to die or is killed by the abortionist or nurse. There are many other methods. I cannot endure some of them, so I will not repeat them. There are poisonings. Uh, there are starvate, starving the baby. 
and the poisoning, the salt poisoning, the baby is breathing in and swallowing the salt and dying from salt poisoning, dehydration, brain hemorrhaging, and convulsions. The baby takes nearly an hour to die. His skin is completely burned, turns red, and deteriorates. The baby is in pain the entire time. The mother goes into labor 24 to 48 hours later and delivers a dead baby. These are just a few. Some are homegrown methods. So believers, what are we to do with this holocaust in our society? What is your and my response? We see it in our text. It says, rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. But how? How can you and I rescue? First, grieve. Grieve with me at this atrocity. Let the horrors of America's greatest sins weigh heavy on you. Hear the cries of millions of babies made in God's image. These are some of the voices under the altar in Revelation. The cry for God to avenge them, and he will one day. So grieve. Protest. Come with me. I've seen some come and hold a sign and not say a word. A lady came on her birthday, and she didn't have a sign. She didn't say it. She just stood there in protest, and she said everything by her presence. Just bring yourself. Use your reasoning and calm dialogue with those willing to listen. Some will listen, and some will discuss. Be kind, be patient, be wise. Others will mock Others will scorn, and you rebuke those who are callous. Peradventure, God gives them repentance. Preach. Proclaim the good news of God's forgiveness in Christ to those who are contemplating or already have had abortions. Raise your voice and call out to all around you. Pray. Everybody can do that here. If you can't preach, if you can't protest, if you can't grieve, you can pray. Lift your voices to God Almighty to avenge and spare. Call out to God to abolish this institution that far outweighs the evils of slavery. It far outweighs the Holocaust in terms of number. Pray. Pray for forgiveness for our nation and judgment in the same breath. Oh God, bring your judgment down Put the millstone around the neck of those who seek to advocate the murder of all these millions of poor babies. Fund. Offer your resources, money, volunteering, counseling, whatever you have to offer, whatever your skill set. I'm not a very skilled person, but I offer the little I have when I go. At the end of Schindler's List, the movie, Schindler despises himself for not giving more. His watch was worth this many lives, his car this many more. Give what you can. We work with Oasis of Hope. They're a pro-life group, as is End Abortion Now. And I don't know if we'll do a collection, but talk to us if you're interested. Lastly, vote for pro-life leaders, mayors, governors, senators, and presidents. All of life is political, folks, all of it. But this is not a political issue in the way that you might be thinking. This cannot simply be reduced to some issue. It's a massacre right before our eyes. And there are leaders who are condoning it. 
They're, cho they're chosen by us to sanction it. Stop voting for baby-killing condoners. I care a lot about other political issues, but this is at the top for me. If I was a single-issue voter, and I'm not, this would be the single determining factor for my vote. So vote righteously. Abortion should not be regulated. It should be completely and entirely abolished. And those involved should be held accountable. This will come as a shock to some of you, but if you're consistent and agree that abortion is murder, it shouldn't. Capital punishment is the only just punishment for those who kill a baby. Genesis 9, 5 through 6. And for your lifeblood, I'll require a reckoning. From every beast, I'll require it. And from man, from his fellow man, I'll require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man his blood shall be shed. For God made man in his own image. Now, some argue exceptions for rape and incest. Rape is one of the worst things that can happen to a person. I, I can't imagine if having been raped, how that feels, the, the bitterness, the hurt, the anger, it's, it's awful. And we as a church need to be able to deal with that. It is less than 1% of cases of abortion, but it's horrible. And the person who commits that heinous act needs to be punished. But the baby didn't do anything wrong, nor should it have to suffer for someone else's sins. So grief, protest, preach, pray, fund, and vote righteously. This is the Bible's way. This is God's way. Even if you're not a Christian here, if you're not a believer, you should see and act against this horrendous evil. We look back at the Holocaust, and we scoff at the Germans. We rightfully blame them for not helping the Jews. We judge them, and we do the same thing, nothing. We don't want to be inconvenienced. We don't want to have uncomfortable discussions. We don't want to look like crazy Bible thumpers, do we? We don't want to stir the waters, so we do nothing. We look back and say to the German citizens, why didn't you try to help them like Schindler or hide them like many others? And we think we're morally superior to them, but we are not, folks. We are just like them, myself included. We're afraid to do something because it might cost us something. We fear losing public respect or jobs or friends or whatever kind of position we have. For whatever reason, we refuse to take action because it might cost us something. We fear because we don't have the, the gumption. We don't have the conviction of what this truly is. And we have to remember that standing for what's right in this fallen world will always cost us something. If they hated me, they will hate you. But it will also gain us something eternal. Well, for, for us in this room, none now can say with those in verse 12, behold, we did not know this. Because if you say, behold, we did not know this, does, he, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay every man and woman according to their works? We can't pretend this is not happening, happening and simply uh, since it's silent and unseen. It's silent and unseen. We don't see it. We don't hear it. 
It's happening, and now we know, and now we must act. The time of inaction and ignorance has passed for us. Why should we act? Why should you and I do something? For one, we should act because these babies are made in God's image. Job 31:15 Did not he who made me in the womb make did did not he who made me in the womb make him and did not one fashion us in the womb life begins at conception Psalm 139 we heard in the song for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful I know that full well My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. Even science has caught up with the Bible, admits that a unique genetic being is created upon conception. There's no ambiguity here. We should also act because God hates abortion. Proverbs 6, 16 through through 19, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable. And he goes through a list. And one of them is hands that shed innocent blood. What is our primary reason? Those are excellent reasons and sufficient to push us into action. But what is the primary reason you and I should act? We should act predominantly because you and I as Christians have already been rescued. We were being taken away to death and slumbering, uh, stumbling to the slaughter. Our GPS was set for eternal hellfire. Our final destination was the lake of fire. And then Christ heroically rescued us and held us back from certain eternal death. He was born in our flesh as a baby. A king sought to kill him as a baby. But God the Father delivered him from this because that baby came to live, to live a perfectly righteous life, which we have not done, nor could we ever. He lived a life so that he could die a death, a death of torture and beating and piercing, and more than all this, a death of crushing from the Father, a death of departure, being forsaken, a death of true sacrifice for you, believer, and for me. He took every sin, including the sin of abortion, in his body on that tree. We heard how much God hates abortion. He hates it with his entire being, as should we. And the hatred that you and I have towards abortion is nothing in comparison to God's perfect hatred towards abortion. And God the Father poured out every ounce of that holy hatred and wrath and fury on Jesus on the cross. Christ suffered for abortion. And he now extends his nail-pierced hands to all who will receive him through faith. If you trust him, he has rescued you. He has delivered you. This is why Jesus lived in your place and died in your place vicariously. That is our primary reason. 
But friend, if you have not received him, if you scorn his great gift of salvation and rescue, you will continue down your course of eternal destruction. If you do not yet trust Christ as Lord and Savior, I plead with you more than I plead with the mothers at the abortion clinic. If you reject Jesus as Lord and Savior in the end, you will have wished you were aborted. You will wish you had never been born because this holy and just God will not receive you as you are. He only receives his well-beloved son, Jesus Christ. And if you refuse him, you will pay for all your sins. And because you cannot sufficiently pay for every sin, you will pay for them forever without payment in full. But as you live and breathe, you are still here living and breathing. There is time. The time is now. Just like for the mothers and fathers walking into the clinic, they still have time to decide. And some of them do. They turn. It's not done the moment they walk in. It's done when it's done. They still have a chance to spare the baby. And that's why I protest. And so for you, you have now. You don't have tomorrow, maybe. You're not guaranteed later. Don't boast about tomorrow, for you don't know what a day is going to bring about. And at death, and we will all die, you will face judgment, as will I. So right now, cast yourself on Jesus the God-man who gave himself for the sins of the world. Do it now, not later. Call to him while he calls to you, because one day will be too late. So believe on the sacrificial lamb of God and repent of your sins. Believer and dearly beloved, I urge you to continue looking at Christ for us believers. And as you look at him and his infinite mercy and grace in your lives, extend that to those who need to be rescued. You've been rescued, so go rescue. Lend your time, your skills, your resources to save babies who are being slaughtered. Do it because they're made in God's image. Do it because God hates it. Do it because it's a great evil. But do it because you've been rescued. And if you had an abortion, but are a believer once again, you are justified, sanctified. One day will be glorified. Your guilt has been removed. Don't put it back on yourself. Do not handicap yourself with guilt all your life or for one more minute. Christ paid for that. Be strong in the Lord. And if you know Jesus and have confessed your sin, you don't bear it. It's paid. It's finished. You're forgiven. Let that sink in. Embrace it. Let it go. You do not have to forgive yourself, folks. That is a, com- a modern-day heresy. Just forgive yourself. What power do you have to forgive yourself? You don't need to forgive yourself. You rest in God's forgiveness that he offers in Christ. You have it in full. You have Christ, you're pure, you're righteous, you're loved. So I would like to ask the band to come back up as we complete our worship service with a song and a pastoral benediction. I trust now that our eyes are wide open to these unspeakable atrocities. Our consciences pricked about this unseen holocaust and our hearts have been sufficiently stirred. Let our souls be set on fire to do the work of God with urgency and the love of God. 
In closing, uh, much else can be said about this topic. There are many good resources for you to access. Uh, there's likely more that you can do that I've offered in this sermon. So let's keep this an ongoing ministry at New Hill Church. Let's be known as the baby-saving church. Even if we save one after all our efforts, it's worth it all. I pray that God raises up pro-life, full abolitionist warriors in this church who can do far more than the pathetic little that I've done. In a hundred years, a hundred years from now, when historians look back at our modern Holocaust, let it be recorded that New Hill Church and its members fought vigorously, passionately, sacrificially, and lovingly for the lives of unborn children. And God willing, we are part of the abolishing of this abominable day and never let it reach its 50th anniversary next year. Let it be said that we rescue those being taken away to death. And that's for Christ's crown and glory. Amen.